You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hi, everyone. It's America. We're back for another one of our final sessions. And I have Teresa here with me. Hey, everyone. So we're going to continue talking about our I Can series. And today we're going to be talking about I Can Set boundaries. Today, we really want to focus on the actual process of setting the boundaries and making sure that people are respecting those boundaries. So first, let's talk a little bit about, I'm going to ask you, Teresa, have you set boundaries in your life to protect yourself? Of course. Okay. Are they different now, today, than they were a year ago? I would imagine that they're going to be different all the time. Okay. Because I've been not great boundary setter. So this question even flummoxes me (laughs) because (laughs) I constantly make excuses for myself and other people. Okay. So if I set what I call a firm boundary – I feel like we've talked about this, like big boundary or little boundary. Mm -hmm. It's easier or clearer for me when I set really firm boundaries. Like an example is I'm not going to talk to you. Okay. And it might be like, well, I'm not going to talk to you for the rest of the day. or I'm not going to talk to you for a couple days. And some people, I'm "I'm not going to talk to you ever again. Got it. That's probably the only clear boundary I have in my life. And it makes me wonder if I struggle with boundaries. I wonder if the struggle is in you recognizing that it's a boundary. Yeah, I don't. Like, what boundaries do you set? I'll tell you, tone and the way that you talk to me is a boundary. How do you communicate that? Don't talk to me like that? Like, No, what? like, if, <laughs> if somebody's, like, raising their voice, mm. I say, please lower your, your tone, like, your voice. I don't, I don't like raised voices. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Right? Yeah. So that's a boundary. Or another another boundary is if I'm sharing something with you and your response is, oh, look how sky, the sky is fabulously blue. And it's like, what? No, I need a firm acknowledgement. That's a boundary for me. Mm. So that's what I'm saying. I wonder if when you're thinking about this, I think you have – more boundaries. More boundaries. But I don't call them that yes. for whatever reason. Yeah. So that's really funny. My husband, for example, when you say when I'm speaking to you, he always wants me to look at him in the eyeballs. And I'm like, why do you need me to look at you? I'm just doing other things. I have to multitask. Mm-hmm. This is him trying to establish a boundary or an expectation. Yes. I think I use expectation and boundary. I, I think of those as expectations. Okay, those but are a like boundary, I thought, like, don't cross this line, which which when you say don't raise your voice, that makes sense. But if I think about, okay, other examples of boundaries I set that are like kind of rules, mm-hmm. like my husband and I have a trust rule. We're like, okay. trust is very important for us. So a fixed rule is like no lies. That's a boundary. Yeah. It's, okay. it's a rule and you a boundary. You call that a boundary. Yeah, because you've clearly stated – yeah. When you cross over into this, that you're lying or you're being disingenuous, then you've, the boundary. then you've crossed that boundary. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you a good example. 
I know certain couples that the way that they communicate, for instance, is in raised voices, like all the time. And they talk to themselves or to each other, like with raised voices in our home that happens. But that when we're charged with like, we're arguing about something, right? Not like on a regular. Yeah. And even when we are in a charged moment, both of us are trying to be very conscientious of saying, let's lower our voice. Yeah. Right. So that's a boundary. I think the other thing around boundaries and the question that I asked you about, if they're different a year ago than where they are today, mm. in, in the work that we do on a daily basis to improve our well-being and address the things that kind of weigh us down, I think as we get better at identifying things that may be upsetting to us, that we, we, uh, we come to understand is a crossing of a boundary. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have to I have to set that as a firmer boundary. I have better boundary setting with work, for example. It's easier for me to see boundaries and to set them and keep them for work mm-hmm. than it has been for my personal life. Do you yeah, find that I think true? that makes sense because it's more structured. Yeah. It's more structured. Yeah. A lot of rules. I mean, even in a clinical setting, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. discussion about how to make sure you set appropriate boundaries with the people right. you're supporting and whatever. Yeah, and your personal life, all that gets like muddled together. So muddled. Why? Yes. Why is family stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Who gives family the permission <laughs> that we do to one another that just says, well, I don't care that you said you want space. I invade your space. <laughs> yeah. I claim my space over your space. <laughs> Yeah, it's very interesting. I know that there are discussions around cultural, culturally relevant discussions around space, the at the the request for space, and in in certain cultures, and more so in the Latino cultures that I'm aware of, like space, psh, you don't get any space. Like you're part of us, we're part of you. You know, and then some terms that's called enmeshment, right? Yeah. Um, so we have to think about it as well. Uh, where does that where does that fall? But I think this this aspect of setting boundaries for me resonates the most when I think about if I am trying to do work to help me find peace and harmony. Okay, yeah. for my my internal peace and harmony. How am I going to ask for that? And where am I going to set these cones up that are like, nope, you can't yeah. get past that. And if you do, there we're going to have to talk about it. I imagine that your organized your your bent towards being organized and structured makes you a better boundary setter. Is that true, or is there is it like a totally different dimension? <laughs> Like the other world. Uh, I think a little bit, but I, I don't necessarily think that it translates as easily mm. as you're, you're saying. Because it's emotional? Yeah, because it's emotional. Mm. I can fun- function in logic, right? Like I can mm-hmm. rock logic and order, but the emotion side of it. So you're saying you can plan a boundary, but you're not necessarily good at keeping the boundary. Yeah, I have to work at making sure and saying no remember it doesn't move yeah this thing 
you said it already. <sighs> I know. Oh man. Oh, like I have. Though <laughs> I know now, I'm starting to think about all the ways that I break yes. boundaries. Yeah, I know. Me too. It's like. I said I wasn't going to talk to this person about this thing. And here I go thinking about it over and over again. So now I'm compelled to send this text message or put myself in a situation I said I wasn't going to do again. Yes, I recently had a situation come up where a couple of months ago I had said, if we're going to have this discussion again, the next time this happens, I'm going to set this boundary and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And so it came up and I was like, wait, wait, like my brain literally in the, and I was like, no, no, no. Remember, remember what you said. And I felt my, myself being like, oh my God, if you don't do what you said you are do, you're breaking your boundary. And I was like, okay, remember the last time we had this conversation I had said I was going to do X and their person was like, I don't remember that. And I said, Nope. Well I do. And so moving forward, I'm doing X. Yeah. So in that case, the situation and the person made it difficult to remember your boundary. I find that often all the time that there are some people in some situations where I don't know, we should break that down. What is it in that moment? Because I have some people in my life, for whatever reason, I'm just that, – that that would be a very great example of extreme enmeshment. <laughs> and what it feels like is when you go to talk and engage with these people, I don't know, man. They make me – it like it's almost like whatever trauma I'm experiencing in that relationship wipes my brain clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm unable to right. make sound decisions. It's because – you know, this is frankly how I think about it. It's your your reptilian brain, like protect. Every other part of your brain is like protected so you don't get into the space of trauma again. So it's only functioning. I'm like, I'm barely capturing what you're saying to me. And I, is all my I brain know even is trying escape. to protect me? It doesn't even feel like that in that moment. It feels like blank. It feels like. I think that's protection. Okay. It does. Okay. It is fear. Because so much, you can feel so much fear. The fear paralyzes you Uh and makes you unable to think clearly or see clearly. Right. So I don't know if it was protector. It's the reaction. It's it's. (laughs) I feel like you need like flashcards. You know, it's like wait, this word came up. Bing. No, stop. Oh, I have to do so much planning ahead before I go in a certain environments. Because I know my brain does that now. I used to not do that and protect myself. And I'd get caught off guard. Or I would be so stressed out that I would want to like use substances to help me cope with like being in an environment. Mm. It's not healthy, right? So I was like, now I know to be aware that my body and my brain are going to feel that way. And like make better choices (laughs) so we started with this idea that maybe you don't have boundaries right like really distinct boundaries oh i have a ton of boundaries now we've established now that you're reminding me that i have a ton of boundaries everybody does i think yeah we all do and i think part of the work to understand this is identifying what that is for each one of us right and saying this is, this is a firm boundary. This is a, a light boundary. And then 
understanding what you want to do to be able to say, once this boundary is crossed, this is the action that I'm going to take. And I think that's where we get into this place of saying, I can set boundaries and I can have these boundaries respected. Yeah. So how does that show up for you? How do you enforce the boundaries that you set? <laughs> it's funny because sometimes I found that I, because I know that certain situations I can't speak to people and set that boundary, I have sent people, like sent people as my speaker. Mm. And that's helped, helped because I don't trust myself to be able to set this boundary. And in fact, I've found myself even in the last year avoiding a conversation because I recognize my inability to set a boundary. But to cope with that, I found that it was safer for me to talk to people I did find safe and were my allies in something and send them to go speak for me. And did that work? It did. An example is like, I should never have to show up to a party where this person is going to be there. So I can't go talk to that person and say, I don't ever want to see your face. Yeah. I'm not going to be the person to to tell that to that person's face, but I can send another family <laughs> member to go say that or just give me a warning. Like, I'll, like, like to the person who, yeah, who planned the, the, the party be like, Teresa can't be in this space with this individual. Yeah. So you make a decision. So help me plan this. Like Mm -hmm. find out if this person's going to come. Find out when they're going to come. I'll make sure to leave before they come. Interesting. I don't want to That's a lot of planning. I don't want to have to be in a situation where they show up and I'm there. Yeah, yeah. So you you seek out allies to help Mm. you enforce your boundaries. Yeah. When that's not possible – what do you do? I mean, when you say that it wasn't possible, it was because I wasn't planning. It's a lot of boundary setting planning. It feels like it. Identifying where there's a need for a boundary is part of planning. Figuring out how and what that boundary looks like, communicating it, following through. I find the first step is the hardest to even acknowledge where you need a boundary. Do you not feel that? Do you feel like holding the line is where you fall apart? No, I'm thinking about what you're saying. And I think preparing is is important, but there isn't always time to prepare. Yeah. The, so, But that also is part of why preparing for me felt the hardest because mm-hmm. there's not time to prepare. You don't know you're supposed to have this boundary set. You're not even sure what the boundary is supposed to look like. And we, do we give ourselves that time and space to say, and also trust that people are going to follow through and honor that because I feel like people disrespect other people's boundaries a lot. So then yeah. you, have to pr- you have to plan for when someone disrespects your boundary, you know? I think when you can, it's advisable to plan. So tell me what you're thinking. Give me a sense of like, what, what's a situation where you weren't able to plan, but did you still set a boundary even though you weren't able to plan? Is it because you caught in the moment? Like, what does that look like? What's coming to your mind? Okay. I'm going to go with the example that you're giving around, like maybe there's a party mm-hmm. and maybe I did some of the prep work. I figured out people are going to be there. Who's not going to be there. And all the things are supposedly aligned. And within that comes this additional aspect or additional factor that I did not consider 
that it's actually not the person that I've set the boundary with, right? But it's someone else that is maybe on their side that's like, America, why don't you XXX with this person? Mm. And so in that moment, I not only have to establish a boundary with that person and say, hey, this is not for you to comment on. Yeah. Leave me be. Don't come at me, whatever. Yeah. And basically like turn their little body around, be like, go about your business, (laughs) right? So you equated boundary with the ultimate shielding from additional hurt. I mean, I think that's ultimately the goal, but you can't forever protect yourself. Totally. You can't can't expect to set up a boundary and assume that it means you're safe completely. Totally, totally. Yeah. Human and relationships are too complex. Yeah. So you shouldn't Um, set a boundary and assume that you're safe. Like, I think to be smart around boundaries, you try to do the best you can. It might be more helpful for us to anticipate that there are opportunities where things are going to continue to hurt you. It's kind of our choice for how to communicate continued boundaries instead of maybe what I used to do was just, just explode, get super upset or use drugs, you know, (laughs) Yeah. Don't go from one to zero when your your best laid plans don't go the way you want. I think the ideal is that you want to try to protect yourself. Yes. However, the idea of setting boundaries is not only tied to the protection of your person, but it's also tied to the work that you have done to understand where these boundaries exist. And then when the situation comes up, ideally you can say, oh, wait, this is a red flag for me. This is a boundary I know is being crossed. And so I need to communicate that in some way. Yeah, like when I was dating, one of the boundaries I set firm, and I do not and I have not moved on this, but I will not be with a person who puts their hands on me. Right, firm boundary. Yeah, that's been an easy boundary. (laughs) It's like, communicate it, stick with it, but... I recognize that that's not always easy for other people. I know many people who are in, you know, interpersonal violent relationships where, because once you're in that space and you start to make excuses, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, that's where lines get blurry about, I only, I'm that strong about that because of the way that my own pain made me super, super uh, on guard about something. And also I recognize But the way that the pain was presenting also gave me a voice. Like when I communicated a boundary on this issue, I could tell that my voice and my tone communicated, do not screw with this limit. Right, right. It's interesting because I recently had this conversation around when we communicate intent, where it comes from in your body will resonate differently with people, right? When you're like, I'm sorry, can you please move out of the way, excuse me, pardon me, right? Compared to, excuse me, I need you to please give me space. Excuse, you know, the tone is different. And I think that not everybody is comfortable in in voicing that boundary in such a forceful manner. And you don't have to be rude about it, but it's the way in which it's communicated to be able to tell the other person, I didn't like this. Yeah. 
please don't do this again. This is how I would prefer that we address this situation. Yeah. And I think this issue is really hard for a lot of situations and people. Yes. Where you realize I may want a boundary, but I'm not communicating it clearly. Mm -hmm. So what did we say? We said identify a need where a boundary could exist. Explore what that boundary looks like. Communicate that boundary. And then hold the boundary. The I the only thing I would add is that boundaries can change. Mm. You've said that. You started with that. Right? Yeah. I think it's completely relevant to be able to tell somebody, today, this is what my boundary is. And then five months from now, when I have a better relationship with you, oh, I can I can let down that boundary a little bit. There's trust here. Uh, you know, I can move forward in that space. So understanding that these are not unmovable things. Yeah. So I think that's also important. But for me, the most important thing is being able to identify and enforce. Any final thoughts? <laughs> I'm going to go enforce some boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a boundary. Here's a boundary. I know. Yes. I think in our other podcast, we talked about the nature of boundaries. But what I appreciate about this is that we started to make clear guidelines about the way to think through how explicitly set boundaries or maybe the podcast episodes are exactly the same but so just uh with us in a more advanced place in our own recovery journey (laughs) or not i often wonder that it's like even though i've made a ton of progress in my life sometimes it feels like i'm still starting at zero because you also have to think through these things and give space to acknowledge the work you've done and mm-hmm. because I don't do that enough, I forget that I've done this. Like, I do know what a boundary is. I have set boundaries. Yes, I do. You know, give yourself credit. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, that's fabulous. I like yeah. that. I yeah. like that for you, Teresa. All right. All right. We're going to talk to you all next week. So keep on fighting in the open. Bye. Bye.